Welcome to the Creating Sales Stars podcast. Each week, our host Pete Evans will be joined by some of the big and upcoming names within the sales industry. This is brought to you by Sales Star UK. <laughs> So, welcome to this week's edition of the Creating Sales Stars podcast. Uh, this week, I'm delighted to uh, welcome uh, Jason. Jason Sugri, is that how you pronounce your name, Jason? By the way, yeah, Sugri is fine. Yeah, Sugri. Um, so, well, delighted to welcome Jason Sugri, who is the head of sports coaching and lead for um, the Greenhouse Centre, part of Greenhouse Sports. Um, and as you know, during the course this year. Um, Salesart is supporting uh, Greenhouse Sports with a number of uh, fundraising initiatives. So really delighted to welcome Jason to our show. A uh, bit of background to Jason. Um, apparently he was six years old when he first picked up a table tennis bat as his dad's table tennis club in North London. Uh, after his father's death, when Jason was 12, he went on to play table tennis for the next 15 years, winning over 100 national titles. And in 2006, he became the British and Irish champion the pinnacle of his professional playing career, joined Greenhouse Sports to coach in 2005 and has spent the next decade working schools across London and developing Greenhouse Sports coaches and programmes. In 2017, moved away from school-based programmes and took on his current role at the Greenhouse Centre. Jason has dedicated his coaching career to guiding young people on a journey of personal development. Giving them the tools to reach their potential is what gets him out of bed in the morning. And apparently on the rare occasion that you aren't uh, playing or coaching table tennis, Jason, you're spending time with your family and watching sport, especially Liverpool. I think that's a, com- I think that's a conversation for another podcast. So welcome, Jason. Thanks for having me. Yeah, great. So I'd like to start off for the, the, the benefit of our listeners. Obviously, you spend, you spend a lot of your time uh, coaching and developing uh, young people. What are the nuggets that you've learned over the years in, in coaching young people? Um, I, I suppose the most important thing uh, from my perspective is that, that there isn't a one-size-fits-all um, and coaching is much more about working with individuals and giving them the support that they need rather than just using what, what knowledge you have to, to point them in the right direction. It, it has to be much more personal. Um, it's a real relationship and it should really be tailored to the, to the needs of the person that, that's, that's looking for the, for the coaching. Uh- and you, you you talked about in in your bio about you know giving people tools to real um, realize their potential. Could, could you share with our listeners a, perhaps a, an example where you've taken somebody who perhaps others have not wanted to work with and have really sort of gone through you know a journey of smashing their limiting beliefs and actually you know you're really proud of what that individual's achieved. Uh, there's, there's quite a few yeah, different, yeah. different ones I could I could probably give, um, but it's, it, yeah, there's hundreds really. I mean, from from kids struggling in in school and, and maybe being on on the verge of exclusion to to then going on to become head boys or girls and and going off to university. Um, there's different examples of where maybe religion might be a barrier to playing sport um, towards towards a good level and, and working with parents and families to to help them better understand that actually um, what you learn from, from working with, with high quality coaches is, is that you learn how to, to become more independent uh, and that transcends across all aspects of your life. 
So, uh, yeah, I mean, it, there's, there's probably my, my most successful story in terms of, of the one I'm most proud of is, is working with, with young people who really have difficulties, whether that be in the home life, whether that be in the fact that actually school is particularly difficult and they don't have enough time to give them. Um, and, and then those players or, or, or student athletes, if you like, go on to, to, to realise some of their potential and, and understand that, that the pressures that, that other adults in their life have that are, that are put on them aren't necessarily barriers, but to better understand that, that as adults we are also under pressure as teachers, as, as um, coaches, as, as even parents, you know, to, to, to pay the bills, to, to get graded, whatever it is that we do in our day job that, that impacts on them and, and helping young people understand actually that part of life as well is, is probably um, the most enjoyable part of the job. Okay, I mean, those are, that's fantastic what you've just said. And I want to sort of dig into this a, um, a bit more because, you know, we often talk to salespeople and sales managers and sales leaders about, you know, the importance of having the right mindset. And, and personally, I believe that, you know, every day you have a, when you wake up in the morning, you, you, you have a choice about whether you're going to have a good day or a bad day. You know, what lessons have you learned in terms of encouraging some of these young people who come from perhaps disadvantaged backgrounds to have the right mindset and perhaps changing the mindset? Being a table tennis player, one of my good friends and colleagues is Matthew Side, who um, um, some of your uh, staff might be familiar with. He's, he's, he's wrote a, a number of books, uh, Bounce and um, yeah. Black Box Thinking. And it's something we used to debate quite a lot, actually. Um, you know, I'm of the thinking that mindset is, is hugely important, but your mindset is a, is a product of your environment. Um, and, and you have to have people around you who, who want to teach you about resilience, who want to teach you about the importance of, of self-motivation, self-resilience, um, even self-reflection. So uh, mindset is a, a learnt habit. It's not something that, that, that you're given or, you're, or, you're, um, or, or someone can pass on to you. It's something that you have to really learn and be in that right environment. And I used to argue with Matthew quite a lot, you know, if someone buys your book, they're already halfway there. So, you know, sometimes they'll read what's in the book and there's great content and he didn't like it always. But, but uh, for me, it's more important to be able to write a book for, for people from environments where growth mindset isn't on there, isn't part of their agenda, isn't part of their everyday life because actually just making sure they can survive and making sure they can get from A to B and making sure they can feed themselves and making sure um, they, they, they can, yeah, look after themselves is a tough enough battle for a lot of the young people and, and their parents that we work with. So uh, we try to be a little bit extra in what we do in terms of, of we have our step framework. So we coach around a framework that we, we partnered with Bath University to create. Um, and, and our step framework is social thinking, emotional and physical development. So while we're playing sport with these young people, what we're really doing is we're looking at different aspects of their life, whether that be social or emotional. And they're all very well connected you know, yeah. when you're young. Um, and, and they're all super um, entwined in terms of, of how uh, you develop. So we're constantly pushing, testing. We, we, and what I mean by testing is twice a year we test them through questionnaires to check on their well-being, to check on their development around our STEP framework. And then we get individual reports on these young people um, that, that support the coaches in being able to help each individual. So even though you might be in a team sport like 
basketball or, or volleyball or, or you know table tennis is seen as an individual sport but you, you're normally part of a training group there's different attributes that all of these kids will have some will have you know an abundance of of, of confidence some will have low confidence so we're constantly trying to um, work with the individual and support them to have the right mindset to develop and and that's what mindset means to us you know um, and we provide that really safe environment where they can be vulnerable uh, where they can ask questions and um, hopefully their peers and their teammates will support them in their development because we all understand actually that um, you know in the main it takes a village to raise a child that's a, a very good saying but but, but it's, it's it's real you know every person that you interact with throughout the day is gonna is gonna have some sort of bearing on whether or not you have a, you have a good mindset or, or a bad mindset yeah. or how you feel that day yeah or how you feel that day so so that, that's kind of how we work around what we deliver and how we deliver it. Yeah, and, and the environment is, is key, I think. Yeah, I mean, there's some, there's some real nuggets in there. And actually, it's really interesting because our um, CEO, Paul O'Donoghue, um, was over from New Zealand uh, recently. We actually came to see one of the, the uh, Greenhouse Sports projects. Uh, and he actually used the expression that you've just used, you know, that, <clears throat> that every child needs a village to support them and their development. And he was using the context of, a business and and developing people so i think that's you know hugely transferable and it you know i think what's interesting you, you talk about the uh the emotional side and you know one of the things we talk to organizations about is people having greater degrees of emotional intelligence and, and emotional awareness so i'm interested to explore this with a bit more how how do the kids respond when you start talking about emotions because you've talked about you know allowing them to be vulnerable and there's a lot of you know research done around for leaders it's important to be vulnerable these days you know and be be authentic so how, how do the kids respond when you you try to get them to open up emotionally you know about how they feel uh, I, I suppose it goes back you know all the coaches we employ we want to have some lived experience so they have to be able to relate to the young people in in, in some way or form or maybe have had a similar upbringing and and, 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 and that always helps because being able to, to relate is super important so kids can open up to you and talk to you uh, and we encourage that. Um, you, know, all, you know, we do internal podcasts that, that, that the kids can access or, 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 or potential funders or partners can listen to that, that talk about vulnerability. We, you know, uh, we talk about, about the difficulties we've had and how we use those to, to fuel the fire is an expression we use quite a lot. Um, so. You know, in the in the main, it, it, again, it's about the environment. You have to set it up to be that way. Uh, it, it's really important that the young people f feel that they can trust the coach. So we have to be incredibly consistent. You know, the coach we employ the coaches to be there full time, day in, day out. In in some aspects, they're the most consistent part of of these young people's lives, um, and that helps to build that trust that 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 allows you to be vulnerable. Um, so again, it's that consistency, that environment. Yeah, and, and, and uh, giving them the opportunity to, to talk about emotions is incredibly important. Uh, com competition is, is fantastic, right? Because yeah. when you're a kid, when you're a kid, um, it's about winning and losing quite often. Um, and, and if you lose enough, you end up kind of having lower motivation and maybe um, a lot of self-doubt. And if you win too much, you can end up being overconfident 
and not very reflective of, of how or what you're achieving. So competition is a huge part of what we do. We, we often review how we've competed. Um, and from my personal experience as, as, as an ex-player and, uh, and, and as a coach, it, it, it's probably the greatest tool you can use because uh, we all know it, right? You, you, you play a match and, and you get beat for whatever reason, and there could be 101 reasons. But the most common thing you hear a young person say is because uh, today I'm, I didn't play very well. I'm a sugar player. I, I could use another word. I'm not sure <laughs> if we're allowed to swear. Or, um, you know, they, they talk about the emotional side of it and, and, and they dump it. So it's easy to turn around and say, today I was, you know, sugar, honey, mm. iced tea, and it, it wasn't my day. Yeah. Um, but, the, but the reality is we want them to, to try and remove the emotion from it and be more reflective and then talk about the emotion separately um, is something we encourage them to do. So yes, you can, you know, what, why do you think you played like that? What did you really play like that? What's the feeling that you're going through? And just spending some time in that uncomfortable, uh, that uncomfortable zone, if you like, yeah, which is something that we do quite a lot with. And, and, uh, and it, it's it's not easy, but it's something you have to practice. Yeah, and this this is really interesting, and I'm sure our sort of listeners today will really benefit from listening to what you're talking about because what we talk to a lot of sales teams about is, you know, you've got to get comfortable with being uncomfortable, and you've got to reflect on your own. You know, do that reflective practice when a deal doesn't go ahead or a meeting doesn't go according to plan. You know, I always say there's always a common factor in our sale in the sales process. And it's the salesperson, but it's easy to blame other people or the products or your your pricing. But I think when you're able to reflect back on your own performance, then I think you get personal growth and development. But I think, particularly as you get older, I think it's actually more difficult for people to reflect and take you know personal responsibility and accountability and say actually that meeting didn't go according to plan today, and actually it's because either I wasn't prepared or I wasn't in the um, the zone of I've lost my mojo, and I think there's lots of, you know, from your own sporting career, and also in terms of the coaching work that that's transferable to the the work we do. And I do agree that you're conditioned by your environment and the people that you um, <coughs> that you surround yourself with as well. You know, you know. I mean, how you? I want to come back to you. You know, you, your sporting career. You know, you obviously got a fantastic. Um, Fantastic track record. Um, what are some of the key things that you learnt about yourself, you know, and being successful in sports that could, could be transferred to what you're doing now, or perhaps could be transferred to some of our listeners? Oh, it's a, it's, a, it's a good question. I mean, I mean, there's so much I learnt from 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 my sport and, and being in difficult times and different environments. I suppose I suppose the the most important thing. Um, was was that I, I just never give up actually despite having um, some pretty difficult circumstances um, uh, you alluded to losing my father quite early I mean it yeah. was it was it was a very much a tragic loss he, he 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 hadn't made some of the best decisions in his life growing up and some of those decisions came back to bite him on the bum and he was taken away from us um, he was he was murdered uh, for for for, for for those listeners that um, sounds quite graphic, but uh, that's what happened to him. And he made some, some really bad choices in life that, that, that impacted massively on not only myself, but his whole network of friends and family. And um, it, it fueled some of the fire in my belly to, to want to do good. I mean, we were thick as thieves and, 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 and best chums and, 
and and he started me off playing table tennis, and obviously I, I wanted to to do the best you always want to do for your for your family or your dad or whatever it is that that motivates you. So so actually his loss in a way meant that I did play table tennis, but but without his loss maybe I would have given up. Who knows? So I mean so I mean every, every you know sliding doors moments in in life um, lead lead you to where you are. But but I suppose for my playing career what I learnt most is that is that you know things are always going to be difficult um, and there's always other people who maybe are as deserved or maybe when you're growing up you feel they're not as deserved as you or there's 101 things but you just got to you just got to get up you got to get on with it you got to try and do your best um, you've got to try and be a good role model to those around you in, a, in even in sport it's really important that you probably in business as well it's really important you know I, I, when I was growing up people used to say oh you don't have to be friends you know you can look at Andy Cole and Dwight York and they scored so many goals for Man United and they weren't best mates but actually I think the world's moved on from there I think you've got to I think you've got to work together you've got to try and um, spend time with people you've got to build relationships because ultimately that the fist is mightier than the finger uh, I think that's a Chinese proverb that I quite like so being united is really important and, and that would be the one thing that I encourage all the young people we work with is really try and establish a good support network, try and communicate really well with all of the stakeholders that are involved, whether that be parents, school, friendship groups, because if, if you've got more people connected to your journey and connected to the goal, you have more people hopefully helping to, to, to rise you up. So. So when I was younger, I was a bit embarrassed of, of my, my life. So I sort of became almost more of the finger and less of the fist because, I, because of the shame that was connected to what had happened to my, to my father. It, it meant that I was much more an individual. But as I grew older and, and, and sort of started to park some of those emotions myself, then I became a much more team player. Um, and it really led to such wonderful emotional... Um, connection to my sport and to my teammates and I ended up being a much better player in team environments than I ever did in individual which is something you wouldn't have said when I was a 14 or 15 year old you know most of my best performances in my career have come and I've played in the team with people um, rather than on my own so, so that would be my my sort of nugget is is, is do things in collaboration and and think about the, the village rather than just one person can fit all. Yeah, and we <clears throat> we have an expression in our business as, as a team: we win together and we lose together. For so, sure. we, so, so we we might have somebody who's um, you know <clears throat> leading the potential winning of a of a new client, um, but actually, if we don't if we don't win that deal, you know, we analyze it together and we you know we we we, un we unpack the learnings from it and what can we take forward to another potential deal or you know how can we enhance what we're doing with a with an existing client and I think it is interesting because we you know sales can be quite a selfish environment um you know it can be it can be a bit dog eat dog you know we, we and it can drive that selfish behavior but where you know where people work together in teams that, that they learn you know because yeah, you need, sure. I, what I say is you need you need every cog in the team you know working together working working smoothly because it you know it's got to be well oiled it's got to be well fueled and people have got to have the the right mindset and not not be selfish and for sure you know i mean you, you will have seen you know in your own sporting career experience different different coaches you know what what did you when you were growing up and you were playing table tennis you were playing it competitively 
what what's like some of the key things you learned from being coached yourself? So there's there's, there's different coaches in, in in life, isn't there? Um, which I think is something that that we we really work on at Greenhouse quite quite well. So you've got people who develop people, young players, which is much more about building, uh, helping build an individual to be more independent and and more um, more accountable for themselves which is which is probably the most important coaching you know i think the most important coaching you can ever give is 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 to to young children um because it can help them grow and learn and do things more independently ultimately which is what you want because then um it means that the the young person is is taking responsibility and accountability for themselves it sounds cool that's big stuff to do for for young kids i'm not talking about they have to go out and think about getting perfect grades but it's much more about being reflective of what good practices and commitment and the importance of effort and the importance of, of, of um, putting in the time, um, which is super, super important in terms of, of how you do that. Um, but my coaches, I mean, uh, from my playing career, very early days, I played for England a lot as a youth player and I actually, I, I couldn't stand it. I hated it. I hated uh, the coldness of, of the national team. Um, I just felt like I was... And, and, and you know, and this is with some reflection, a lot, a lot of years of reflection. I just felt like I was another player on the treadmill, um, and if I did good, then the coach would pick me because it was much more about how the coach looked than necessarily about whether or not they could develop me into the player I wanted to be. Because most of the time, you're with your clubs, and then you go and play for your country, and and they need, you know, it's, it's tough. Even in the football world, you can see it. Um, it's tough to create the right environment to develop and, and allow growth. Quite often it's the other way around. The national coaches just want results. And I hated it playing for England as a, as a kid. Couldn't stand it. Um, so I suppose I learned a lot of lessons from, from that and, and making sure that it was always about development. It was always about working towards potential rather than just thinking, um, you know, this player comes in and, and I need them to win this match, otherwise this happens. Which is fine, you know, that, that, that's the reality of elite sport. but. But elite sport at a junior level, is, in my opinion, um, should still be about developing them to go on and become good senior players rather than junior players. So, so yeah, my, my playing career wasn't great when I was young. And as I got older, I start to, to attach myself to, to people um, who I like being around more and, and who would think much more about yeah, I like the environment and, and providing opportunities and, and making sure it was more fun than just feeling like I was just a, another player on the treadmill. Um, you talked about focusing on like almost this, you know, the result is important and actually almost like an elite sport, you know, win at all costs. But it's just really interesting and insightful listening to you where you said, you know, when you went to play for the national team, that was the focus but you weren't necessarily getting developed in other areas to make you uh, a better person, you know, look ahead and, you know, ma maximise your potential in future years. Um, yeah. do, you th do you think there's a lot organisations can learn? Because I think sometimes, you know, we live in a, I think we live in a culture where it's quite short-termism, uh, you know, organisations, we've got to, we've got to drive, we've got to drive results, you know, we, we've got to drive results for our, our, our clients, but I'm really passionate about, you know, inspiring people, um, you know, and developing people and developing people who didn't, who perhaps at times have lacked self-belief, 
and have had lots of doubts, but you you know when you see a person change and grow, that has a massive impact on an organisation. Oh, huge name. You have to look at the lionesses for, for the environment that they they seem to have. And from the first minute of watching them, and I watched every game, they just looked like Fantastic. a team who was who was ready, trusted each other. You could see it visibly on the pitch. Um, I, you mentioned earlier I'm a big Liverpool fan. I mean, just so we're the luckiest team in the world because I think Klopp, Jurgen Klopp, the way he talks about sport you know and people saying to him you know big game coming up this week lots of pressure and he says this is not pressure this is a privilege being a doctor is pressure being able to feed your kids every day is pressure so he's constantly talking about um making sure the players understand that there's more to life than than just the result it's much more about bringing joy as a sports person it's about having the right culture it's about being dependable it's about um representing the people that you're supposed to do and you know I, I go back to talking about England I didn't feel like I was representing England I felt like I was in, an, in a cauldron of, of just I had to perform for this coach in order for them to look good so yeah I, I think there's a lot that can be done um, definitely in my sport of table tennis uh, at, at the English level um, the top level they often employ ex-players as head coaches um, I'm not, I don't necessarily think that's the right way forward. I think every coach should go out and do some real, um, real coaching on the ground at grassroots levels. They should understand holistic approach to coaching and make sure they're thinking about uh, the collective athlete, uh, which there's a lot more conversations about now than there was even 10 years ago. So yeah. everything's gone in the right direction. But as you know, like as you mentioned earlier, in your team, you need to really, you want everyone singing off the same hymn sheet. You want everybody reviewing best practice. You want people reviewing when things don't go quite right um, and, and picking up those nuggets and those learnings so that, so that we can always be better. And sometimes you could be perfect and you don't make a deal. And, you, and, and for whatever reason, it doesn't happen. And then some days you can, you can not be so perfect and a deal lands perfectly. And, and actually, both of those things are neither right nor wrong. They're a product of the journey. Um, and, that, and that means that, that yesterday was a failure, but what, what's not to think that tomorrow we get it over the line? So, yeah, so it's super important. I, and I love that phrase you just used about, you know, progress, the journey. And I know Stone, some words, and we, we use these words with our clients as well. It, one word that's really struck going to, and I think you've emphasised a few times, it, it, is commitment. So we, we often talk people have the desire um, but they lack the commitment, and I refer to those individuals as <clears throat> the dreamers. So they're not prepared to take consistent action to get results. Because I don't think anything that you want in life is easy. You know, you've got to you've got to serve the hard yards. You know, you've got to you've got to put the effort in and the commitment. And I think that that is sometimes what's lacking in people that commitment. And is that something you've seen? You know, in your sporting career, perhaps where you saw people who've had <clears throat> great talent but they weren't prepared to put the effort in to, you know, maximise their potential. Most definitely. And I, I, I've, I've said that phrase since I was a kid, actually. Anything worth doing should never be easy. Otherwise, otherwise, it's not really worth your time. Because if it's easy, then it means everyone can access it and everyone can do it. And actually, what we're always striving for is to be that little bit better than the rest or to do something a little bit different. So it requires a level of commitment. And, and, and I think of, I, I like the word, I like the way you described it as, as, as the dreamers and, the, um, and maybe the, the doers, if you like. But 
we the kids here have a saying like uh, the, the the boys for boys commitment is king and for 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 girls the commi commitment is queen it's the it's the number one if you're committed then you should be selected on your commitment and not on your level of performance and 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 we stand by that that's something we we definitely make selections around in our team so if you commit day in day out you might be the fifth player in the team but if you're the most consistent with your commitment you will get picked because commitment is king or queen and eventually you know unless you have some super wild anomalies which do happen in life yeah. um, normally commitment will, will take you to where to where you need to be and um, it's not only commitment it's about having resilient commitment because what you need to know is that the journey is going to be bloody tough and some days the doors are going to close and some days um, you're going to hit dead ends and those are the days where you just need to have that little bit of resilience to that commitment. It's easy to think, should I skip a session or should I do this or should I do that and whatever you're trying to achieve. But actually, you know, it's when you have those setbacks is when you really need that, that resilience to say, right, okay, back on the horse or back on the bike or whatever it might be. Uh, and that's something we really try to, to practice and, 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 and sort of have towards all of our sessions is that is that everybody's dedicated and everybody wants to be good, but, but you've got to be committed in, in, in the good days and the bad. Yeah, <clears throat> I mean, it's, um, I, I've written down that, that expression, I love that, resilient commitment. And what's interesting, I don't know if you've ever come across the work of Mel Robbins. Um, a little, she's a a little bit. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Uh, and she, <clears throat> she wrote this book about the, the, the five, um, like, you know, you can make decisions in five minutes and she's written a, she's written a follow-up book. And, and in a, a follow-up book, she was writing about when people have a, um, a dream, so say, for example, they want to run a marathon, they, <clears throat> they visualise getting through the finishing line. And she actually said that's the wrong thing to focus on. She says if you're training for something that's going to be a huge sporting achievement in your life, <clears throat> actually what you should visualise, it being 5 a.m. in the morning, your, um, your trainers are downstairs, and it's obviously chucking it down with rain. She says, because you've actually, if you're going to do something, you've got to train hard for it. And it's really easy to train when the sun's shining, but it's much more difficult to train when it's dark outside and it's raining and there's a, there's a gale blowing. And she says, you've got to focus on the hard bits because it's the hard bits that get you to the finishing line. I like that. Yeah, and, and, and that is what it is like, isn't it? That, you know. There's the, one of my favourite expressions, and, and, and my, my daughter actually managed to, to make it, got me the print for my birthday, is actually that there's, there's um, no flowers without some rain. So that, that, is, that's my, that is fantastic. That's, that's my, one of my favourite sayings, and, and, uh, and that's exactly what, what I think Mel's talking about, is the fact that you look, if you're visualising the flowers, but you haven't thought about watering them or making sure they're in the right part of the garden to get enough sun, or, or get the protection from, from the gales and the winds so that they can grow properly, then you're not going to have any flowers. So it is much more about, about the environment and that, that first part of the journey to making sure you get enough water and making sure you know it's going to be difficult and not easy. Yeah, no, no, I, you've, there's some real gems in, in sort of what you're, uh, what you're saying. So um, sadly, we've come to the end of this. I, I, I could talk for hours on this subject um, <laughs> with you. you. You shared some real noise. What, what, what's the one piece of advice or, or, or gem that you'd like to share with our, our listeners that might inspire people to you know, go that little bit further in their sales career or, or as a sales leader? What's the one gem you could share with us 
you know, right at the end. Something I talk about a lot, actually, with, with everybody, my personal life, my, my, um, my professional life, is, 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 is make sure you celebrate those little successes. And, and those can be whatever it might be, you know, when you're going through hard times or, or when, or when you're, um, you've got to put in a little bit extra effort. Celebrate those things as success. Doing a little bit more is, is massively important to, to, how you, to how you can perform. But you've equally got to enjoy that process and celebrate it. And if your head is always, you know, you're always thinking about what's next, what's next, what's next. You know, sometimes you've got to look out the window to enjoy the view. So, yeah. so just put, pause a little bit, think a little bit and reflect a little bit. And when you do something positive, you know, make sure you, you recognise that. And that might be you take your family out for a meal. It might be that, that you just say, you know what, you know, you, you, a bit of positive praise for yourself or, or you do something nice for somebody else, which is something we try and do here. Or you leave the environment slightly better than you found it. Um, that, those little celebrations help that motivation. And, and motivation is a huge part of sales. I'm sure it's a massive it's part massive. Of, of it's a massive part of sport. And I've often been asked, you know, where does motivation come from? How do you get more motivated? The simple answer to that is, is it can only come from yourself. But but the more you enjoy the journey and and the successes and 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 the, the, the quicker you can learn from the difficulties and the and the hard times, then that also becomes a way of of, of enjoying and and motivating yourself to be that little bit better or to use that information a little bit better. Um, we don't live in the dark, fortunately, so we can, everything's right in front of us. We can see, uh, we can see our successes, we can see our failures. Um, so yeah, just, just make sure you look out the window and enjoy the view sometimes. And that should help you keep a little bit more motivated and hopefully put a smile on your face a little bit more. Fantastic, well, <clears throat> thank you very much, uh, Jace, for making the time. To Absolute us. privilege. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening. This podcast was brought to you by SalesStar and hosted by Pete Evans. For more information about what we can offer you, head to our website at salesstar.com forward slash UK. You can also find us on all social media platforms just by searching for Salestar UK.